I'd like to thank Julia and Sensei Rob Carbone for their listener mail. Thank you both. Our first listener mail is from Julia, and she wrote in response to our episode on perseverance and added a quote. And the quote is, act as if what you do makes a difference. It does. And that's from William James. Thank you so much for sending that to us, Julia. Yeah. And she did say she loved the episode and she loved the quote. She was going to keep it. So that's sweet, right? Perfect. And Sensei Carbone, he reacted to our episode on Master Collegian's technology. And he's talking about the kata that we all created all those years ago, the untying of the hands. And he reiterated that the inspiration on the ending that he built, which we mentioned, so listen to that episode, was our teacher's teacher. So therefore, Peter Urban. And he also said that he named the parts um, Peter Urban, Masoyama, Richard Kim, and Joe Hess. And I think that's so cool. One more thing. He ended with a piece dedicated to Goji Yamaguchi. So that's a lot of pieces. That's like five pieces of technology, right? Certainly is. So I'll finish by giving Sensei Robert Carbone a compliment. If you've ever seen him do kata, he could easily do that much kata and more. He just is a master of it. Don't you agree? I agree. And I hope that you do get a chance someday to see him do those katas. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. So thank you both for that listener mail, guys. And now on with the show. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to the last book episode on Three Budo Masters by John Stevens. Let's all say yay. Yay! Yay. (laughs) We're all here. Hi, I'm Sensei Jim. Hi, I'm Sensei Tracy. I'm Sensei Jackie. And of course, I'm Sensei Michelle. And we are so happy to be finishing this book up. Yes, we are. Okay. I have no idea where we were supposed to start. Well, first, we have to talk about the fact that the man that we're talking about, I'm going to say his name as Morahei Ueshiba. There are as many ways to pronounce his name as there are ways to misspell it. So if we say it the wrong way, we are so sorry. But we would like you to correct us. With courtesy. Well, of course, we're going to talk about Aikido. It has to be with courtesy. Plus, for Americans saying this is going to be a total riot for the audience, isn't it? (laughs) So we'll do our best. And Sensei Tracy, we are going to start out with things about Master Yuishiba, see, I did my best on that, that bothers us. Where are you going to go? Well, so what bothered me was the way the author, John Stevens, deified Master Yuishiba in the book. He seems to make him almost godlike in his abilities and the supernatural feats. It's one thing to say that we heard that he did this, this, and this, but he at no point questions that any of these supernatural things were real. We all saw it. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we understand that kind of love and loyalty. Yes. But no one who read this section, none of the four of us think Yui Shibu was anything but a man. And he was probably a pretty flawed man himself. Agree. Not a god or a demigod. No. He reminds me of a character in the movie, the son of the... Uh, rich father. The father didn't know what to do with the son, so he just gave him the money to go do whatever it was that he wanted to do and kind of get out of the way of the family. Mm. And that is what Dueshiba did. 
you know what? That is what happened. His yeah. father was wealthy and he did pay his way, which you brought up in the last episode. I did. that Because Funakoshi didn't have that, you know, jumpstart to yes. his karate career. That's right. I'm going to tag off of what you said and say, to that end, I was a little bit bothered by the fact that I was reading between the lines that I felt Yuishiba was quite manipulative of his surroundings rather than straightforward and dedicated. And it tags into the fact that he surrounded himself with people who were extremely passionate about what they did. And therefore, they were kind of wacky and interesting. So he came off as boring in comparison to them, yeah, in my opinion. That's the part that I, that I loved about the section was reading about the wackiness. Yeah, I love them. But I'm saying where he was concerned, he was supposed right. to be the star of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Any other bothers? Well, the stories were just larger than life. I'm just sad that the author brought that out so much in yeah, this section. I agree. I agree. All the talk about the cult and the religious, what was it, the Emoto Q? That stuff is a real, real turnoff. I was looking for more stuff on his martial arts career. and The amazing things he did with Aikido. Yeah, yes. exactly. Absolutely. Which may have, and, and some of these stories may have taken away from the Aikido itself. Correct. To us, to in us. this particular rendering. Now, we did an episode on Aikido, which we will tag for you, and therefore a little bit on Master Yushiba. However, none of the things that he covers in this book are things that we covered in our episode. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> if Mr. Stevens ever hears this, he can call up and he can yell at us for <laughs> saying that we do not believe that Yushiba was in any way superhuman. He was a guy who did a, a really good a, thing in creating a- Aikido. And since this was one of uh, Mr. Stevens' earlier works, I'd really love to talk to him and say, did you change? And as you became more into the Aikido, did you get a, a different perspective of Oishiba? Well, just as you became wiser. Right. Well, because where I, when I started Goju Federation Karate, what I thought probably grew and changed in my way of karate. Oh, for sure. You change. Absolutely. As you, because that's the whole growing and changing in the way of karate. You for sure do. Okay. So we've trashed him enough. Let's get on to the parts <laughs> we liked. I liked that in the middle of the book, there's a paragraph that says in his later teaching, he believed that Aikido fixes what's wrong with a self-centered world. Great line. I I may or may not bring that back up for my quote because I really like it. And I I think that that his heart was in a good place, that he really wanted people to have a good character like we do when we train. So I like that. Yes. Yes. I like it. It's emphasized throughout this book that he was a small man, Mm -hmm. but that he never shirked from taking on someone larger than he. He had the, the perseverance to just keep finding different forms of martial arts until he found the one that was right for him. Can I tag on to that and say, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that he has this in common with Kano, that he was too short to get in the army. Yes. yes. And he did the hanging from trees thing oh, yeah. to get yeah. that extra half inch to go in. <laughs> and he succeeded. I thought that was fun. Somehow, I, I have a feeling that somebody in the background talked to somebody about politics involved to get him uh, in. I would be surprised that by hanging from trees, you could grow that much in that short of time. Although a lot of physical therapists and chiropractors today do recommend that you hang. 
Oh, yes. For elongating your spine right. back to its normal size yeah. <laughs> when it starts to squish up from so many years right, of standing which is a and fact. Thing. you lose yeah. as you age. Yes, yes, absolutely. So it can be done, but I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying, I love that that they both did that thing. Yes, I did. That's too. cool. <laughs> yes. Okay, where are we on with lights? I like that he um, named his new system Aikido, and he called it the art of peace. And he was always trying to create the perfect Budo, taking other parts sure. from other systems and trying to make the most divine, well, probably not the best word to use. But that's what he used. That's what he used, yeah. He yeah, that's what he called divine it. Divine Budo or... I would say he was trying to make it a complete system where a person of any size and any stature could feel safe in a world. Yeah. Thank you, Sensei. Mm-hmm. That's what he was going for. And without weapons, by right. using his himself. Yes. Now, modern Aikido does use weapons, but they do say in there that he was against it. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I had forgotten that, so thank you for bringing that up. My pleasure. And again, I think one of the things that I'm going to go with a plus for um, this section of the book is it made me think of a lot of things that we learn as we trained with Master Collegian and where Master Collegian would say to us, and you'll all remember, I make real men and women. Yes. Right. Yes. Meaning yes. a person who can function in, fearlessly in the real world. Yes. Right. Correct. And that's kind of where he was going mm-hmm. with his divine technology. His word, not ours. And I think what I liked the best about it was that the section was fun to read because he was a character. He was an adventurer and he was larger than life. Well, I don't think he was a god or a demigod. I do think that he was a really interesting man with a lot of really cool ideas and uh, executed them. Yeah. At one point he went out to start in a, in a frontier type place. Oh, yeah. Yes, Correct. that's right. Okay, yeah. Go. And he made a success of it. He did. I love the picture of him in his 80s in the white robes that he had taken to wearing. And he groomed his beard in such a way that he walked almost like an ethereal person through his daily life. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of fun to see that, that people don't change. They really don't. They really don't. And they just, they just want to be who the best that they can be. So I'm going to agree with the sentence that you just said, Sensei Jackie, where you said people don't change because it, it kind of contradicts where we say constantly people are growing and changing in the way of karate. But what you mean is in the centuries and the centuries and the centuries that make up the human race, we are after all the human race. That's, That's right. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. For all its Clint um, Eastwood flaws. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that we should have some sort of desert sounds coming through here. <laughs> if I can find sound effects, I can add them in, okay? I don't, I'm not really sure how that works. I'll do my best. Okay. Are we quoting? Are we already to the quotes? We're there. All right. Who's going? I can go. This quote is talking about some of Ueshiba's calligraphy. And it says, the brushwork is idiosyncratic, mysterious, inimitable, just like Ueshiba himself. High praise from his student. High praise. That's cool. That is cool. My favorite was, there are no contests in Aikido. A true warrior is invincible because he or she contests with nothing. Defeat means to defeat the mind of contention that we harbor within. 
And the reason I love that is because that is a, so the oldest karate idea that your biggest opponent is yourself. Yes. Correct. Yes. And we read it a lot in the different things that we read. Don't you guys agree? Yes, we do. But we, it's good that we keep reminding ourselves of yes. it. <laughs> yes. Although, don't you think we got to balance the don't beat yourself up too much if you're still a human being? Because that's how it's going to yeah. be. Yes. Yes. But don't uh, don't be stupid with the opponent. Don't think that it's, you know, the driver that cut you off. Okay, good one. Don't be an overreactor. Right. Yeah, that's a good one, too. So we could go on and on with that nightmare. Mm. Okay, right. are you up, Sensei yep. Jim? Quote I like is on page 128, and it goes, Techniques employ four qualities that reflect the nature of our world. Depending on the circumstance, your movement should be hard as a diamond, flexible as a willow, smooth flowing like water, or as empty as space. I love that quote. That was one of my very favorites too. Yes. And so what he's doing there is bringing up all the elements, Elements, right? And we did our whole series on those. I can't promise to tag them all below because there was five of them, but we'll give you one of them to start you out and you can listen to them because the elements are interesting and they're fun, but they're also extremely complicated. So it's not really something for somebody who's just starting out. If you're just starting out on this road, just think in terms of hard and soft. Yes. Right. Hard is stand your ground. And there has to be a reason like you brought up a minute ago. And soft is be pliable, patient. What else? How about forgiving? Forgiving. I'm trying to say. Benevolent. Tolerance. Tolerant. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's that word. And those are going to come in much, much more handy than you think. Right. So those are the two you're going to start out with. Don't get yourself all worked up in the (laughs) holy cow. How did they get there? Okay. I'm going to take us home. I like this quote because it reminds me of Master Collegian's quote, hard work, long hours, and constant repetition. So clearly, like John Stevens had an excessive love of his teacher, I have an excessive love of my teacher because I keep relating back to things he said. Sorry about that for those of you bothered by it. And here's the quote. His extraordinary ability was due to technical perfection, immaculate timing, mind control, and mastery of key power. Yeah. Like it. Like so you can see how I could relate those two things together. Although going back to our first sentence, John Stevens did make it sound a little bit more, you know, um, what word do I want there? Kind of like supernatural. Supernatural is a good word. I, I, I was going to go with superpower. <laughs> superpower. <laughs> like Same given. But really, guys, it boils down to hard work, long hours, and tons and tons of repetition. There's no such thing as enough repetition in karate, is there? No. That's what uh, the book earlier said in the other chapters about Kano and Funakoshi, that um, there's no substitute. There's no magic in karate. No substitute for just repetitions, hard work. Yeah. You keep on going and you keep on going. And finally, you wear away weaknesses. You wear away bad technical habits, Mm -hmm. whatever they are. Clearly, we've seen this many times that we've seen it happen where the repetition does wear away the things that might hold the person back. Yes. Kind of right? polishes it. Polish you. I like that. Uh, Repetition wears down resistance. There you yes. Go. I think that's, that's a really master collegian quote. I think so. Go. <laughs> okay. At the very end of the book, he has a little, should we call it a footnote where he discusses the interrelationship between these three men? And we, we were not fans. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> no nothing of note. <laughs> well, I'm going to say he compared their nutrition habits. Some of them ate well and some of them didn't. Sleep habits. Yes, he compared their sleep habits and their um, health. 
Yes. I believe of the three of them, I, I couldn't, I, I could be wrong that Funakoshi was the most healthy. That's yes. what I, I thought. Yes. That's what I got from it. Lived the longest and had, and he also was the best eater. Is that a way I should have said it? Had the best, best, nutritional, best nutritional routine? Yes. Well, that was more grown up, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you remember from that part? Anything? Just missing. Like, I was expecting a lot more in the I comparison about their actual styles and how they practiced their, their techniques. and Or their where art. they might have met each other. Yeah, I guess they did meet at some point. I, I don't, did Funakoshi meet Ueshiba? I know that Kano met each of them. I remember That's it, that yeah. um, Kano, who had, was, if I'm not mistaken, was the first to establish a large standalone dojo. Yes. And that he had both of the men come there. That's right. correct. I do remember that part. But he didn't go into any kind of details about it no. that I can remember. I don't know that he could find those details. At the time this book was written, there were no YouTube videos. Right. And right. Um, it was in 1995 published. So it was before Google search. That's right. So what he found is what he did. But I remember at the beginning of one of these three episodes, Sensei Jackie mentioned that she felt that this was more like a college writing exercise than an right. actual book. And I think we all agreed that this addendum may have been how, how I'm going to pull these three stories together right. kind of thing. Right. And it seemed academic more than... Um, well, I found this so interesting. I needed right. to share with the public. It was right. very pedantic. It was very, mm, okay, it's all right. But just nothing of, of deep heartfelt value to me. Right, of the three men yeah. together. So, And that's what I was really looking forward to. In okay. fact, I believe that in the beginning, in the intro, he has a little thing where he says, um, yeah, the three Budo martial arts masters were well acquainted with the, each other and the men and their students interacted in a variety of fascinating ways. Mm. That's on page seven, which is basically the first page of the book. Right. And I was waiting for that. Yeah. But I don't think we ever really got that. No. If he said it, I didn't get it. Maybe I should reread. I don't know. Okay, but we're moving on to another book, so you're going to reread it in your spare time. That's great. So you guys can look forward to us moving on to a new book. We're excited about it, aren't we? We are. Yes, we are. Yeah. But first we finish. Are we recommending Mr. Jim? I give it a thumbs up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good reference. I think it's a good reference, too. I think it's a nice little textbook on three founders of styles that are important to our heritage. There you go. And I think it gives the... Uh, especially the person who's new to martial arts, something uh, to start the basis of their understanding of our forefathers. And I wonder if it would be okay if we put just the back cover on one of our advertisements, either Twitter or whatever, because you can look at the three men sitting side by side on that back cover and they look so different, don't they? Mm -hmm. They do. From each other. And... They all were at basically the same time frame, right? From the late 1800s through the early 1900s. And I like the idea of encouraging you guys to do something other than do a quick Google search. Are we talking 135 pages? 130. Something like that? Yeah, not even. Yeah, 140 pages, guys. I like the idea of committing to 140 pages, even if, like us, it takes you a couple months to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it gives you a different perspective than anything you're going to find any other way. So yes. I, I'm going to go with a thumbs up like Sensei Jim, right? It's a great book to take with you to the beach. There you go. Yes. Or on an airplane. That's what I was going to say. Or on an airplane <laughs> when you have to close down your electronics. Yes, exactly. They let you open them back up, I've heard. 
the electronics? Yeah. Um, Once the plane takes off, do they do that now, or did, did I hear wrong? No, I, I have a phone in Asia. You just can only be connected through the Wi-Fi of the airplane. Ah, okay. So the, for those of you who are going to fly here, now that we're back moving around the continents, <laughs> now you know you have to be connected to the Wi-Fi of the airplanes. But don't. Instead, get a real book. There you go. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Organic. <here>. Yeah. <laughs> and this one's lightweight and small. And I've told you this before, but I, I don't think you can say it enough. We often will buy our books from one of the used booksellers. Yes. So that we're not creating, you know, new waste. Because that is the plus of reading things online. No waste. All right, folks. Let's see. All I have left to do is tell them how to let us know. You can let us know all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. That's right. Or on Instagram, we are at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. One of these days, I'm going to have that memorized inside my head. All I have to do is add conversations to the other word. You'd think I'd pull it off. And we know that Wildcat Dojo on Instagram is this cute little dojo in Germany. Yes, uh, you should t- oh, not, really? not add conversations one day so you can see these adorable children in little blue uniforms. They're adorable. You didn't think the uniforms were blue? I thought they were. That they were white, but they could be blue. I okay. don't know. <laughs> they could have changed the pictures by now. That's true. Because it is Instagram after all, but it's cute. And it is in Germany. It's adorable. That's why we added. Also, you can go old school and email us at dojoconversations at AOL.com. And if you're a regular listener, you know that as the book crew, we're no longer going around saying, thank you so much for being here. So we're all going to say to you guys, thank you for tuning in, right? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. We appreciate it so much. And we're out. Bye. Bye, everyone. See ya. And I'm signing us off. Don't forget to use Honor Athletics if you have a karate need. Go ahead and give them a call at 770-945-5150. Cynthia and her son are super great to work with. And don't forget to use the code WILDCATDOJO for your 10% discount. Thanks, Cynthia. Thanks to all of you guys who shop there. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.